0: Griffin, glad to have you aboard. Orioles win last night, and it, nothing interesting happened. It was just a very casual victory. Very, you know, they got an early lead and they won. That's all that. That's all that I remember happening. Felix that's, Bautista, you know, did yeah, his thing 100%. Got four outs. You know, Yanir Cano looked pretty good for an inning. I. I don't remember there being anything else of interest that occurred during the course of the game, and I definitely was never worried whatsoever at all. It's totally cool when you go up seven nothing and need to go to your A bullpen in order to hold on and win. But they won.
1: That's why they had two, ga-
0: they had two days off this week. They wanted to yeah, make sure everybody right? got involved. Yeah, they won, and uh, they won against a very good team. They're competing with try to win the division, and that's what matters. So. You know, I I get it. It was Harry. We'll talk more about it. Coming up later on in the program, Mike Boddicker is going to join us. Um, We kind of accidentally started doing a a semi-regular sort of celebration of the 40th anniversary of the 1983 World Series. So we decided we would make it more formal and we're going to try to catch up with um, different members of that team every week for the rest of the year. Uh, we had this started with John Miller a few weeks back when the Orioles were playing the Giants then we had Dennis Martinez on and we we're like well you know we're we're kind of doing it anyway actually even beyond that like we, had, we we had had Ken Singleton on but we didn't even talk to him about it so <laughs> we'll have to revisit that at some point we had had Dempsey on and we didn't even talk to him about it so we'll have to revisit that I I, I just I, I wish I would have thought about it you know a month ago and we would have made it more formal then but now we're thinking about it and we're gonna Uh, do that moving forward, and Mike Boddicker will join us today. Uh, We're going to head out to San Diego. The World Lacrosse Championships get underway tonight when Team USA takes on Canada. Former Terp star, national champion, and uh, now PLL star Matt Rambo will check in with us, and uh, he's playing with Team USA as they take on Canada tonight, so we will... Preview the World Lacrosse Championships with Matt Rambo coming up a little bit later on. And, of course, stuff and things. Uh, Today's show is brought to you by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. PressBox is offering new sports bettors the best sign-up bonuses and promos from the seven legal online sportsbooks here in Maryland. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and get offers like $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after you place your first $10 bet, or up to $1,250 in bonus bets from Caesars. Time is limited to get the best offers from all of the sportsbooks. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers and sign up today. Um, look, obviously, you don't want to ever have a game in which you lead 7-0 and all of a sudden you wake up or you look up and it's 7-6 and you got to empty out your bullpen and you got to sweat it out in order to win a game 8-6. There's nothing good about that. But I am far more inclined to say I'm not going to flip out about it when it's a game on the road against the best team in baseball. There's a reason why the Rays are damn near unbeatable anywhere, I mean, it's it's unheard of to be winning more than two-thirds of your games, more or less in Tampa. A win in Tampa, no matter how you get it, is a really good win, or technically in St. Petersburg. It's not actually in Tampa, which is part of the problem they have. Um, I, 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 of course, am disappointed that staked with a big lead, you couldn't have gotten a little bit more out of Kyle Bradish before you had to get him. It's... I think the Bauman thing, now that we've seen this a couple of times recently, when he's supposed to be the stabilizer, because he's been largely quite good and hasn't been able to settle things down in the mid-innings, that's a bit disappointing because we go back to how many guys in this bullpen do you really have faith in, and it ain't a big number. And I get it, you're hoping that Dylan Tate can come help that at some point, and who knows if Michael Givens can come help that again at some point. But I can't lie, it's disappointing to see Mike Bauman, who had been so good to start the season, now have a few more outings where he's asked to slow the roll a little bit and hasn't been able to do it. Still, whatever you got to do, and yes some of it was bad luck, right? They were catch yeah. they were they were Mateo. difficult plays. I mean, really, they were plays that would have been difficult to make but were there to be made. The, the Anthony Santander, given as as good as he's been defensively in right field, you almost assume that he's going to make that play. So there were a few disappointing moments and balls that even if they were difficult plays to make, you would have thought they could have been made last night. At least one of them, <laughs> as the Rays were putting together a was it a four-run uh, inning that they got back to seven-six at that point? Two in the fifth, and then yeah, four in the sixth. You just, you know, I don't know how much I put all of it on the pitchers because at some point I do think some of those were were plays that you could have made. The Mateo one is a really difficult play to make. It's an unbelievably difficult play to make. But the ball was on his glove. And he's only on... The only value he brings is defensively. Base running. But he's got to be on base in order for that to be a value. And he hasn't done that very frequently. It's almost like you're grading on a a curve. If you're going to be on the team, you've got to make that play. If you're Gunnar Henderson... You don't necessarily have to make that play because you're offering something otherwise. And Gunnar Henderson's played some really good defense late, by the way. Um, but if you're Jorge Mateo and the only reason why you have a job is because you're an outstanding defender, then we need you to go make exceptional plays. You got to be a little bit more than just Hey, do everything that's in front of you. You got to go make some crazy plays. And or else what are you doing here? Still I, there is something to be said for a team that you know is probably a little bit shell-shocked having lost 7-6, but got back, went out and got another insurance run. Obviously, it was a big night for Aaron Hicks. It's been a big stretch for Aaron Hicks. It's kind of crazy that he's performed this well since he arrived in Baltimore and his numbers are still so appalling. On the year because he was just so dreadfully bad to start the season in New York. It's cr- Every time they put up his batting average and it says like 243, I'm like, how? Isn't he hitting like 700 since he got to Baltimore? He's <laughs> up to 254 now. I understand, yeah. but like, but what were, do they have, is there a, a mix for what his numbers are in Baltimore and what his numbers were in New York? All right. So you can pull that up. It's <clears throat> somewhere. 340 be, yeah, with the, the Orioles. 340 with the Orioles. 188 it's in insane. New York. Insane. It's insane. His
1: OPS is over 1,000 here. It was 524. Like,
0: all you think about is Aaron Hicks, who's been, you know, unbelievable, and then they put up his batting average the first time he comes to play. Like, we're, they, when he hit the home run last night, they put up his batting average. And I don't – I guess I, – I don't think I had the sound on or I wasn't paying attention. And I was like, wait, what crummy guy is only hitting 243 in this lineup? Like, I didn't realize who it was. And I'm like, oh, right, it's the thing because he was in New York. I you know I, I forgot about that. Yeah, That was a thing. Yeah um, look uh obviously a big night for Aaron Hicks, and you are you're happy that the Orioles, despite trying to blow it, got their act together and ended up getting a big win. Now does that cost them today it's Griffin's point you're playing two games this week I don't think because Felix Batista pitched for uh, for four outs last night, that means he's unavailable today. It's awkward that it's a, a quick tu- it, you know it's the quickest turnaround that you'll ever have between you know non double header baseball games but I don't think 4 outs last night makes Felix Batista unavailable today like if they he had both, gone
1: they both threw 19 pitches Cano and Batista
0: I don't think either one of them is unavailable today yeah. I think they're both absolutely available does it impact them I don't know um it, it, this is the awkward part. You could really use some innings out of Tyler Wells because you didn't get any innings out of Kyle Braddish. But you also have an off day tomorrow, and you can kind of figure it out. Um, I, I think everybody, everyone... How many pitches did Coulomb throw? Coulomb threw 16, Bowman threw 13, uh, Baker had 21. Mm-hmm. I think they're all available. Yeah. I mean, all of them. I, again, it'd be nice if you get six innings out of Tyler Wells, and it sort of sets things up, but... Eh, you know... Also, they did this against Tyler Glasnow, who threw his first five starts that looked really good. Yeah, every ounce of this, it's a. I tell you what's really great about it is there's no way this can be a bad. You know, it's the the goofy nature of this two game series. You now know you can't do any real harm this week. It would have been harmful to have lost two games in Tampa. You're now seven games back, and you know it just. Even if you come out of this and you're still in the same place that you were, you're no matter what. At the end of this, you're still going to be over 500 against the Rays for the season. You're going to feel good about your ability to compete with them. Even if you lose today, if you win today, you're feeling now. You're four and one against the Rays, and you're within three games again in the yeah. division. And at that point, you'd be within what one in the loss column?
1: Yeah, let me
0: pull up the standings. yeah pull up the standings. I'm pretty sure it's. I'm, uh, make sure it is them.
1: yeah. So they we would hand them their twenty six loss today, and they would have twenty seven. Right. So yeah, we say one. We. You
0: I, you don't play for the team. I do, Well, I You probably. see the shirt. I'm I playing? understand yeah. that, but you don't <laughs> play for the team. They. They would be doing it. Again. Why aren't you in Saint Petersburg? <laughs> <getting> <laughs> they didn't need me this game? week. They, oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 They optioned you. Yes. Before. <laughs> they, it's weird how they optioned they you. Back they to, need me right here to press box. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> like they're listening to transactions. They're like um, Spencer Watkins DFA, Jose Godoy optioned yeah. to Norfolk. I don't know why it wasn't on uh, like the graphic. Gri- Griffin it, Bass optioned was. to. Uh Towson. Yes. <laughs> they're like, what? I don't understand. Uh we got another assignment for him. It'll be fine. I'm like, okay, I guess if you if you insist, that's what we'll do. Um, yeah. So that's that's all good news and we go from there. It's funny, I've had I, I have had this sort of feeling of where did they have to be at what point for the franchise to be willing to do certain things. And it was brought up to me again over the weekend when I was hanging out with some friends. Like, do you think it – for for them to be willing to make an aggressive move, make a big move for a pitcher, do you think they have to be within X number of games in division? Do you think that they believe the wild card matters enough that if they were to be – and I I had never really given it much thought, right? Like, that part of it to me – as I keep saying, because you I don't think you're trading for a rental, although, again, as we talked about yesterday, if you can trade a minimal amount for a rental piece, I guess I'd be willing to consider it. Um, but to make a, a bold trade, I've always thought that because you were going to trade for somebody p- potentially that had more, That it kind of didn't matter where you were in the standings at this point this year. As long as you were competitive, as long as and at this point... I mean, they have to basically lose every game between now and the end of July to not be in the argument for a wild card spot, as long as they were competitive in the playoff race, I would have thought the Orioles would have been willing to make that, at least willing to make a move if it was there. Are they willing to be more aggressive if, for example, if the Orioles win today, they're back within one game in the loss column of the Rays, and over the course between now and, say, the All-Star break, they close that gap even further? Like, they're back within one game of the Rays by the All-Star break? Does that make them more inclined to be turbo-aggressive? I I don't know. I don't. I don't know. But it's interesting. And it certainly, you would think, would have to be something that's in the back of their minds. The, we didn't think we were gonna do this, but, you know, we're doing it. I, I don't... Man, I don't have those answers. And it's it's a fair question, it's a reasonable thing to discuss, is how does exactly where they are. Because it's one thing to be having a good season, to be in the mix. It's another thing to be staring down the team that looked like the runaway best team in the American League and to be going toe-to-toe with them and to be putting up some sort of a historic pace. And then, then are you really not... Are you really... Believing it's okay if the deal isn't there, or do you feel like you almost ha- you're almost you forced to make some sort of deal? I don't know. I, 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 I'm talking through it, because we're all talking through it. I hadn't spent a whole lot of thought on the subject until it was brought up to me this week. And I kind of, at that point, wanted to see how the series played out. And that's why, to me, this, this little two-game goofy series was kind of significant. Which isn't to say that if they lose today that all of a sudden I'm like, meh, forget it. They're not going to. Because, again, it still matters even if they lose today, that they at least split this series, they at least stayed. The arguments are all still there that they can play with the Rays for the rest of the season, that they can hang in this thing somehow, somehow, somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there's growing evidence that the teams, the Yankees and the Blue Jays, who everybody thought were more likely, and I believe the odds makers would still tell you, are more likely like, when
1: they pull, throw up the uh playoff percentages. Can you basically.
0: can you pull up like uh the AL East odds on FanDuel at this point and see if they've moved? Cuz I'm pretty sure the Orioles were still the third or the fourth favorite. I, I got to think that at some point they almost they have no choice but to see what's happening and adjust the odds, but I haven't looked at them. I know what you're talking about is like the ESPN playoff yeah. Uh, so the line. Rays
1: are still minus 600 right now. I
0: mean, I, to an extent I understand that because what that's calculating is not just where they are, but um, also it's calculating the fact that going into the season they were believed to be the team to beat in the division. Plus
1: uh, Plus eleven, plus 1100 for the Yankees. The second favorite. Yes, the second favorite. Sure. The Orioles are plus 13. And what are the
0: standings at the moment? Where are they? How many games back are they? They are nine and a half back nine, in Tampa. Nine so and a half back.
1: Five. Yeah, five and a half. Back of, yes. of the Orioles, nine
0: and a half back. I'm said us. Yeah, thank you. Nine and a half games back, second favorite. And then, yes, and then the Orioles are plus thirteen. So 200. they've co- they've moved ahead of the Blue Jays. Yes, they have. Oh, Blue Jays day. are plus
1: seventeen hundred. Big day via FanDuel, and then the Red yeah. Sox way down, plus plus fifteen thousand. Um, okay, <laughs> but they're only. I mean, they're only half game back of the Blue Jays right now. The Red Sox are. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't know what they say. I mean, they're. They're four games over 500. But right again, now. But, again,
0: remember, yeah. in a lot of those odds, it's them defaulting to what they thought was going to happen yeah. before the season began. That, you know, hey, we still think that on paper these teams are better. And part of it with the Yankees is they're going to say yes, but they've gone into this little dive without Aaron Judge, and we think they're going to get Aaron Judge back before too long, and they'll be a better team. Of course, the Orioles are likely to get Cedric Mullins back in a few days. So it's, we, M- Mullins played last night, correct? The game got rained out. Oh, it got, rain, it yes. got rained out. So no one played. No one played. But both Mullins and Mountcastle were, were in the yes, lineup they were. for Norfolk. They were batting one and two in the Last Norfolk. night. Yeah. So presumably they'll both play today. Yes. And, and then a doubleheader
1: tomorrow. Norfolk
0: does. That's making up for last yeah, night's making game? making up for last night. Okay. So they'll play tonight and then doubleheader tomorrow. Yeah. Um, I don't know if they'll play both games or whatever the plan will be. And we will see what that means and how long their stay will be. This, presu- remember when Dylan Tate and Michael Givens originally were down there for forever? You were like, this is the longest rehab stint of all time. But keep in mind, that was because they didn't have a spring training. Right. And they were sort of using the rehab stint as a spring training as well as a rehab. These, it's not the same thing. Because Mullins has been out a little bit longer, you could see why maybe they would want him there maybe even through the weekend, right? Mm-hmm. Like, just getting a few more at-bats, making sure... He- Again, some of it's going to be about how he feels. Maybe if, you know, he, he looks good, he feels yeah. good, they don't need him down there. But I mean, it's been 3 weeks, I think, or like Monday it, was 3 since weeks. Since it wasn't necessarily an injury with Mountcastle, I would think that that it it's you know, it's a harder get argument.
2: Get a bat in his hands.
0: Yeah, it's a harder argument to keep him down for very long cuz he didn't actually get hurt. Mhm. And I think Vertigo's a real thing. I think everybody's ever been through it. I think that's that's definitely way more of a, as long as he feels good and swings a bat and all, then you kind of have to make a decision from there, and that'll get us into a Would You Rather Wednesday scenario that's going to come up here in a minute, and I don't want to give it away, because, you know, why would I want to give it away? That would be very silly. Um, Anything else we need to cover Orioles-wise? I don't
1: know. Do you think they should have put... Uh, Braddish back out there for to start the sixth.
0: I, this is the awkward. Like I, I, I could. It definitely did not look like Braddish was sharp. But part of that is he's facing the Rays lineup, mm-hmm. and kind of no matter who you put out there, you're still facing the Rays lineup. Right. So he
1: was at ninety two pitches. Like you at least start him in the sixth, and
0: he'd struck out how many guys? Eight, eight guys. Out eight, eight, yeah, eight. eight guys. He had eight strikeouts. Like, it, early, he looked good. Yeah. Like, early in the game, he looked really good.
1: He had the long third inning. Right. Worked out of it. Right. And then well, did. but,
0: like, he worked out of it with strikeouts. Like, mm-hmm. he worked out of it with with stuff. Right. Like, he put the two runners on base, and then... And he made a Rosarino Dude, that Dude, that backdoor slider was <laughs> ridiculous. With nobody out and two runners on base. That was an absurd pitch. Just an absolutely ridiculous pitch. Like... That's as good as it gets, man, from Kyle Bradish. You're just sitting there like, dude, any pitcher in baseball would kill to make that pitch in that spot. Like that against the is race. against the race. Uh, yes, correct. Yeah. Like that was as ridiculous a pitch as I've seen non Felix Batista this season, right? Batista's on a yeah. on his own planet with some of the things that he's doing. But non Felix Batista, I don't know that an Orioles pitcher has made a pitch as ridiculous. Was it a 1-2 count like did he have on a Rose the Rosarino one? It was the first out. Whoever it was, that's the problem. Oh,
1: the oh back in the 3rd inning. Yeah, um, when
0: the, when the when they put the runners on first and second. God, now yeah, oh, hang on a pull, second. I can pull up the game summary. Let's here. go to the yeah, let's go the, let's go to the internet, right? And the internet will tell us. <laughs> runners on first and second, nobody out, and it looked like an opportunity for the Rays to get back in the game, which obviously they ultimately did anyway. But this clearly yes. would have given them much more time at it was a that full point. count to Mejia. Full count. Now I get it. Mejia's is not, out. you know, like let's not. Mejia's is at the bottom of the order. But also keep in mind that if he walks him, now all of a sudden you're turning you're turning the lineup over. Yeah. Struck out Diaz on the, on a one two slider next he batter. Struck out. He put two runners on, and then <laughs> struck out the side. And it all started. I can't. I, it was a three two count. All started with that backdoor slider that literally hit the perfect corner, came right back in, was three inches off the plate, and came right back in at the very last second. And, like, you remember Mejia's reaction is just like, you know, like, he didn't even start walking towards first base. He 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 could have st- he right. stood there for a second kind of hoping that the umpire would miss the call. And then as soon as it was called a strike, he was just like, I mean, I know. Yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do here? He's the here? He knows the zone. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, I was just kind of hoping that you would goof and you would call it a ball. But I know what happened. It's just insane. What was I supposed to do there? It was as bonkers. I don't think we're talking enough about it. I, the fact that I got 20 minutes in and I hadn't brought it up. It was as bonkers a pitch as I've seen an Oriole make non-Felix Batista all season, given the circumstances, given two runners on base, that if, if the ball doesn't come back over – you're now loading up the bases with nobody for Yandy Diaz, Wander Franco, you know the the top of the Rays yes. order, right? Like I, insane, pure bat s insanity that you were able to deliver that pitch in that spot and it worked out the way that it did. And then he backed it up by striking out Diaz and Franco and getting out of the inning and keeping it alive. I understand the debate. You said it was 92 pitches, yeah. Again, part of it might be the internal math of we're only playing two games in four days. We we don't need more out of Kyle Bradish. Clearly, you're not expecting to turn to the bullpen at that point and then give up four runs. Yeah. He had looked a little human. I can understand the decision-making. I think it's an in hindsight conversation that we're having. I don't think in the moment it felt crazy. Now, if you want to have a bigger-picture conversation about the Orioles' innings troubles on the whole— And the fact that they're just not getting enough innings out of their starting pitchers and they need to look for more places where they can get another inning out of their starting pitchers to limit what it is they're asking of their bullpen. I think that's a a, a different, separate conversation that we can have. Um, I, I, I still don't know in that moment if it was necessary because, again, this week, and also, your weird week, yeah, yeah, and your and I think you're a also big week. Yeah. It is a big week. It's, I mean, you got to win these games, and if you think that that Cal Bradish is showing signs of they're getting to him, right, then I can understand why you make the decision. And again, in hindsight, we say right, but you ended up letting them back into the game by making the decision. Sure, but I I just don't know if it's fair to say that in the moment. It was definitively the wrong thing to do. I think I understood what the thought process was in the moment that Brandon Hyde made that decision. Clearly, it, again, today we're saying, eh, might have been better yeah. to, to stick it out with Braddish for another inning, but they won the game. So who the hell cares? That's the important part. We got to keep coming back to that. They won the game against the Rays on the road. That is a damn good win, no matter how you went about getting it. Good good think so anything else we need to cover we accept there? that win it's not just that we accept it we should be celebrating. I, again as awkward as the feeling was it should be a win you celebrate it should be a win that you feel good about because any win on the road against a good team is that type of win I don't care how you go about getting it like they they had to score the eight runs in order to do it they had to you know and and look I the game changed on the the hicks home run the game changed in the first yeah. inning like, if they get, score two runs in the first inning, it's just a baseball game at that point. But they go up 6 nothing, and Santander obviously adds the home run in the second inning. They go up 6 It The Rays did all of that work and still couldn't tie the game up. And that is a hell of a feeling, I think, for anybody that's played competitively. You're doing all of this work, and you still can't get over the hump. It's something that coaches talk about all the time, that even when things are going poor, if you can just protect the lead, You'll hear this all the time in, like, post-game press conferences. Um, I I was talking to Loyola played Maryland earlier this year in lacrosse, right? And you're trying to—Loyola, it's crazy. They jump out to this lead, and Maryland comes charging back. And both coaches bring it up after the game. Maryland got back within a goal but couldn't tie it up. And that feeling of just not being able to—like, if you tie it up, all of a sudden— it's a new game new game yeah ollie oxen free and it's not a perfect science right there are right. plenty of, uh, examples of you know teams that blew a big lead fell behind and ended up figuring out a way to win anyway but I, I don't have a math here i in just talking to athletes and coaches the sheer feeling of getting out of the inning getting that pop-up that God, that one looked like it was gonna drop too Jesus Christ. You're like, come on, really? They, 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 they was it Frazier that, that was able to get out there yes. and catch that yeah. one? Um, <laughs> like, stop. There's no way. Um, just getting that out and getting out of the inning, I think, did something for both teams. And, you, again, because you scored those se- – it matters that you scored seven runs early. You don't apologize for the fact that you scored seven runs and then – had to hang on. They all count the same way. If you come back and win eight six, I, I know in our minds it feels we comeback wins always feel like they count more. Our our emotions the day after a comeback win it, it it's a dumb yeah. thing. It's I, you, like this Orioles team, man. Oh my god, <laughs> we're we're ready to throw a parade. The Orioles had fallen behind five nothing last night and come back and won eight six. We, today, it would be the greatest win of the year. It would be, yeah. you know, look at these Orioles. It would be all of those things. And, and I understand it because it feels like you're making a statement. But you're making a statement, too, when things aren't going your way and you're able to stabilize, when you're able to right the ship. That also matters, And while yes, again, we would have rather them not had to use Yannir Cano or Felix Batista in a game where they were up 7-0, it feels like you shouldn't have to go to that part of your bullpen in order to protect that win. They all count the same. And if you had come back from down 5-0 to win 8-6, you would have had to use those guys in that game too. An 8-6 win over the best team in baseball is a good win. And we should celebrate it. We should be happy. Not... You know, apologizing, not feeling like, oh, boy, well, they tried to screw it up. That's a damn good win. A damn good one. And in its own way has value in being the team. Not every game is made the same. You start. Are you playing games in September? You're going to have to win some games where things go your way to start the game and then don't go your way in the middle of the innings and you have to figure out a way to win it in the end. Every win has value. And... I, again, I might feel differently if they were playing a bad team and they let a they let the Washington Nationals back into a game where they were leading 7-0. I might feel differently today and say that's eh, not quite as as good to me. Like I wouldn't feel, but I feel good about this team figuring out a way to win a game in which everything was working against them. All of the momentum as uh, Jeff Arnold and Jim Palmer brought up, a few more people in Tampa last night than we're typically used to seeing at Rays games. Like there was a real crowd. I don't know what they had listed as the attendance, and so I'm pr- you're probably going to say, like, you're going to say it was fourteen thousand, and I'm going to say, well, it was about eight thousand. It was ones.
1: twenty. Th- it was basically twenty-one. 20 Dude, how 000. many
0: times have we ever do we ever remember there being twenty thousand people at a Rays game? I-
1: October. In your life? Yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> like, if we counted up all the games that we've ever seen the Orioles play at the Rays, maybe it would get to the 20,000. There was an atmosphere last night. And that,
1: it, that inning was terrifying. Dude, yeah.
0: I'm ta- you were feeling like, oh, it's all gone south. It is all gone to hell. They're going to lose this game. That's the way it's going to be. And so to, again, right the ship in an, a real – again, It's not 40,000 people. I understand it's not – To the, just hold on. It's to, like- ju- to figure out a way – to get through it, to just hang on, and then to go get an insurance. I thought the going and getting an insurance run was a big deal too, for the offense to say because it's easy. I, I think again, if you've been involved in competitive sports, it's easy to do some finger pointing. Oh, we went out and scored all these runs, and yet Santander you guys can't catch a, yeah. Well, I mean, more, it's you're blaming the pitchers, right? Like right, you got yeah. you guys can't. Dude, we gave you seven runs. You can't. You can't hold on to it for us. For them, it's more like you're saying, okay, we gotta understand that's a good team on the other side. We we got more work to do. We can't just sit back and say we gave you seven. We got more work to do and to go out and get another big run in order to get a win, I thought really was a tremendous statement. I, I feel a little bit differently about that than it felt like a lot of you know, Orioles Twitter, a lot of Orioles fans felt after last night's game. I thought that was a really, really good win given that everything was working against them for a bit, and yet they figured out a way to win the game anyway. Yeah, it was almost like
1: Brian Anderson kind of kind of jinxed the Orioles when he came on with us because he was l- talking about the Orioles being the team that takes advantage of the don't make mistakes right, and takes right, advantage right. when the other team does. Yeah, they made a, few, the raise made
0: a few mistakes. Hey, uh, stand the Fan, Charles, Ross Grimsley, Luke Jackson got together yesterday. If you missed it, facebook.com slash Sports. Click on the videos tab. Go to youtube.com slash pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com slash video. And then tomorrow night, Stan the Fan Charles, Gary Stein, and general manager of uh, CFG Bank Arena, Frank Remish, will get together, talk a little bit more about how sports could be involved in the future of the newly renovated building. That's tomorrow night, facebook.com slash sports I'm going to try. I I apologize. I've had it sitting here ready to fire. I just haven't fired out the, the Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios yet. So we'll get them up, and Griffin and I will dive into them we come back in. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland. With an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore, your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Koho Korean Barbecue House coming in July or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at $229. What are you waiting for? Book now. At Arundel Mills, must be 21. Please play responsibly for help. Visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER.
5: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge. 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes. The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard. For more than 50 years, they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore. That first sip, that first bite.
3: If you need more of Glenn, you can also hear him every Sunday with Rita on 105.7 The Fan. But also, if you need more of Glenn, um, what's wrong with you?
0: It's always a reasonable conversation. I don't understand what's wrong with people that want more of me either. Hi, Glenn Clark Radio, Would You Rather Wednesday edition of the program. Um, I have to be honest. I, You know what I struggled with with Would You Rather Wednesday this week? I, I like to try to include you know non-sports you know things and would you rather wednesday the the like biggest non-sports topic of the week of course is the you know the terrible situation that's unfolding you know with them searching for this you know submersible mm. um and, and getting down to the nitty-gritty yeah. as far as when, when the, and and it's become easy for the internet to dunk on a lot of this because apparently this this company it was it was a fire festival like they I don't know if you've seen any of this, but like the inside of the submersible
1: It's like tiny, right? It's, like
0: it's but no, like, well, one, it's hard. tiny. Two, like they never got they, they have no regulation. They they did not mm-hmm. get regulated by anyone, this company. Three, the entire thing is controlled by like a video game controller. That's not a bit. Like they literally don't have like a steering wheel or something like that. They have a video game controller. Is
1: somebody else controlling, or inside? No, inside the they thing. They have control. a
0: Logitech video game controller. It yeah. it is. There's like no safety that the 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 owner of the company who is among the missing, like was bragging in interviews about how he could get around safety regulations. And I mean, it's it's made it very easy. Apparently, they were sued a couple of years ago. Jeez. One of there was somebody that was supposed to be on this this trip. That literally looked at all the safety stuff and said, "I'm not getting on that thing." It probably feels like the luckiest person yeah. on the face of the planet at the moment, and the smartest, maybe. And so it's been easy for the internet, and also the fact that they're going to, to like search for Titanic wreckage. You know, like it's been easy for the internet to dunk, dunk on everyone. So I, I was like, ah, we could include something related, but then. There are people that are likely gonna die, right, you know, or either right. already are dead or likely gonna die. And like, I I get why we think this is a Darwin Award type of situation, but I'm I'm never gonna be comfortable dunking on someone's death. Like that's, it's it's just too far for me. Um, it, it you know the situation is clearly awful. I mean it's just awful. Um, but that made it difficult because it's like all the internet is talking about this week is this Titanic thing, and I, I couldn't find any other good like secondary stories that we could have fun with. So I might have to put Griffin in charge of that moving forward. you got to find other things that we can dunk on. All right, um, all right. Would you rather I, I Wednesday? I love dunking. So. I, yeah, right. Uh, you're a big. I see that all the time where you're just around the office trying to dunk on anybody that walks in. Uh, would you rather Wednesday is brought to you by Birdland Sports. They finally did it. We knew they would. They finally did it. The Aaron Hicks T-shirt is available. It's a big Hicks energy. It's a good one. It is a good one. <laughs> it's a good one. And it's available right now at birdlandsports.com. Remember, the day that they picked up Aaron Hicks, One of the, the first tweet that I saw was from our buddy Josh at Birdland Sports who said, we're not doing an Aaron Hicks shirt. <laughs> and I always thought they might, always thought it was possible, and it is finally available. Big Hicks energy. Oh, man, go pick it up. Go pick it up right now, birdlandsports.com. Or... You could win it Ooh. from your pals here at Glen Clark Radio just by participating in Would You Rather Wednesday. All you got to do is wander over at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, respond to one of our three Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios, or all three of them. It doesn't improve your odds. You only have to respond to one in order to register. Um, or go over to Facebook.com slash Clark Radio and respond to Would You Rather Wednesday scenarios. Your name will be thrown into the hopper. Griffin has it in the other room. It's a it's a cartoonishly large hopper. I don't know why we got a hopper that big. It's basically the size of our bathroom, and I, it, we never really are able to fill it. It's just what we do here. One of my goals is that we go one, above and beyond that one time. day we'll have so many people participate in Would You Rather Wednesday that we fill the cartoonishly large hopper that you see. Right. Uh, and then here. we can start
1: like live streaming when we pick the name. Ah, oh, that'd be amazing. Because because we do it like a lot of yes. I'm all hits. in on
0: that. But so far we haven't quite been able to fill it. Um, you just get in, just respond to any one scenario or all the scenarios and you're in. I used to also say or you could present your own would you rather Wednesday scenario, but no one ever seems to want to do that for some reason. I don't know why it is. I like having the debate. I like it when somebody says, "Glenn, would you rather" I, nobody ever asks me how I feel. It's always how are you? I'm how are you doing? Not how am I doing? I, you know, I'd like to be able to participate too. So that's how you can get in and you can be registered to win a shirt of your choice from Birdland Sports, including the Big Hicks Energy shirt. The three scenarios this week: number one, would you rather? As we mentioned, appears to be imminent. The Ryan Mountcastle return. Would you rather Ryan Mountcastle returns? and you give him another shot to be the everyday first baseman and figure it out, or at this point, he's returning to be nothing more than a platoon hitter against lefties.
1: Um, I, I think uh, the, the, the latter. I, I think he needs to be... I don't think he's an everyday starter anymore. Um, I think he can definitely be a very useful... I mean, we saw... They pinched it last night with Ryan McKenna for Ryan O'Hearn, which, I mean, I... I of, there was, was a, a lot of questions about that. Yes. Yes. I mean, obviously... I don't have a, I mean, I don't have a problem with, I guess, pinch hitting in that spot, a lefty against a lefty. Um, but, you know, the fact that it's Ryan McKenna makes it really tough. And it, it's not really Brian, Brandon Hyde's fault either. That's the guy that's on the roster, and he hasn't been able to use for a and week. And Brandon
0: Hyde has said, like, we, we've kind of gotten to know that with Brandon Hyde. If he's on the team, they're going to play. Like, we're not hiding people here. Like, they're on the team. We have to play it. Like, we only have a certain number of roster spots. we got to use whoever's here.
1: Um, yeah, so I'm going with, uh, that that's the, well, so the exact question your returns is the everyday Yeah, I don't want to see Mountcastle as the everyday guy. I think O'Hearn has done enough and has, should continue to be the guy that you definitely play against, uh, right-handed pitchers. And I don't even know if you need to start Mount, I mean, I guess you will start Mountcastle against left-handed a, a starters, um, but I think that that makes him more of an asset to come off the bench. You know, if you need a if they if they got a lefty right. in the eighth or ninth inning, you got Mountcastle right there. And
0: I it, it's a difficult this is a difficult conversation because it goes back one to how much do you truly believe in what Ryan O'Hearn is doing? Um, do you think that Ryan Mountcastle could build up an amount of value over the course of the next month if he were to be hot? That you could throw him in on a trade like a team could also say yeah by the way you know we'd be willing to see if we can't you know squeeze something out of that i don't think so but it's non-zero to me i i i agree with you that i think he can have value as a bat against left-handed pitching as a bat off the bench it's a difficult pill to swallow to think that's you've reached a point where that's all he can be right and it it's a tough feeling. I I think part of what makes complicates this is the unspoken, which is well, is somebody else coming? Because there's a part of me that says if you're not bringing up Westberger Kowser, I don't know, maybe you run Mount Castle out there at least every day for a little while to figure out. To to ah, to. I- at least not in the like
1: immediate. I think. Oh, Ryan O'Hearn is red hot. I like, understand that, but I'm. I don't think we can pull him from the lineup and start playing him. You know, two days a week with him the way he's hitting. I mean, he's he's still OPS and over a thousand, and he's been up since April. I think. I'm, I'm,
0: like, I'm still. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with believing what's that. This is real with Ryan O'Hearn. Like this, absolutely, to me, feels like we're gonna be talking about Ryan Hearn in three weeks. The way that we talk about. Ryan Mountcastle. Well, I mean, and um, I think that's
1: just kind of just... just
0: I, I understand your argument. Boy, who's really try- desperate to get in touch with you? Somebody really wants to talk to you today. you got to tell them that they got to take... If it's somebody that we don't need, tell them to take the number off the... I don't know who that is. What does it say? I can't... It says a nightclub. Oh! Oh! Well, maybe they want to invite us out. I'm, I'm perhaps intrigued. Do they want to do an appearance? As Everyone knows I'm a big nightclub guy. <laughs> and I might... Who is it? It's a, it's a different conversation. Oh, I don't know what's going on. Maybe maybe somebody. Maybe it's n- not a nightclub. This is this is a weird this is a weird conversation. Anyway, sorry. Um I I get the argument and I think it's probably the correct answer at this point to say Ryan Mountcastle returns, and for now is in the lineup against lefties. It's probably the right decision. And then you adjust from there. You adjust as necessary. You, If Ryan O'Hearn goes silent, then you have the opportunity to say, okay, that's more at-bats for Ryan Mountcastle. I, I'm i struggling on the whole. Admittedly, I'm struggling on the whole with ultimately whether or not it's the right thing for Ryan Mountcastle to play every day. And I mean that in the complicated conversation of like, is it the right thing for the Orioles long-term? Is it the right thing for right now? Like, I there's so much there it's difficult for me to say with confidence this is all he can ever be right now, but I am getting closer to that point. And the early responses, and we haven't gotten a ton of them so far, but the early responses are kind of lining up with that, the idea that it it, it looks like that's the reality. So um, that's, that's where I am. And again, so far, the first couple of you anyway that have gotten in have kind of agreed with that. Would you rather Wednesday uh, continues here on GCR? Would you rather number two? Would you rather make a one thousand dollar bet? You got to go one way or the other with a one thousand dollar bet. A one thousand dollar bet on the Ravens to win. I just happen to notice these odds are up. Exact win total odds are up on a FanDuel, and I was playing with them this morning. Exactly thirteen games pays at plus eight fifty, or exactly ten games at plus five fifty exactly 13 at +850 or exactly 10 at +550 so i have and i have to make the bet you have to make the bet and you dollars. have to bet on one of these well,
1: two things then i'm betting the 13 games just for the fun yeah, of it for the fun of it make more money
0: okay and, but d- there's the flip side argument is you would like to win the money if yeah, possible
1: yeah i would like to win the money but uh, Think they win more than ten games? I think they they're more than capable of it. You know, as long as you know everyone stays healthy. That's a huge like. That's a huge like if. The, this team on paper looks like they should be you know one of the top two three teams in the AFC, and I think that projects them higher than a ten win team. So, go for thirteen. Better odds. Gonna
0: make more money. If you want to make the argument, have more fun. I say I think that like to me, if the number was if the number was eleven. And by the way, the the odds for winning 11 games are exactly the same as they are for winning 10. That's why I didn't include it. Because mm. I think if I had put 11 on there, then that's the exact, that's the one. Yeah. You're like, yeah, I'm betting that. What are we talking about? That's that's perfect. Um, I hear what you're saying. I also see, like, a trip to Jacksonville, a trip to San Francisco, um, even the trip to the Chargers that I don't think is going to be easy. And then the likelihood that you are probably going to lose a few division games just because the division is difficult. And even if you stay healthy, I don't know how confident I am that you can figure out a way to 13 wins. 10 is a small number, right? Like, the 10, you're almost getting to the point where something had to go wrong for you to have lost another, you know, pick one of these games in there, like, uh, yeah, at Tennessee, Oh, no, that's the London game. Sorry, right? <laughs> like, well, I mean, who knows? Yeah, looking, I mean, yeah. like, the London's a complete crapshoot. But, you know, the Lions at home, for example. Like, on paper, you'd say you should beat the Lions at home. But what if the Lions really are the team everybody thinks they're going to beat?
1: We still got Justin Tucker. They're kryptonite, so.
0: Right, in Detroit. N- this one's in Baltimore. Yeah. Dustin Tucker, yeah. both of his big kicks are in Detroit. <sighs> this one's a tricky one for me because I don't think they're winning 13 games this year. I don't see I- it. I don't think see it. there's an
1: upside. Where I, don't they think, do, I don't think. I don't think. Now again, I
0: don't think they. They. I don't think they're winning ten either. But I've got to bet one way or the other. I think one's a next to zero proposition, and the other one is at least plausible to me that like just because one or two things goes wrong, you end up at sitting at ten and seven. I almost find myself having to make the ten and seven bet. Not that I think that's what they're going to do. Like I, I bet eleven and six right now. But of the two, I feel like I'd have to make the 10 and 7 bet. Number three for Would You Rather Wednesday. Would you rather you spent the first 40 years of your life as a hardcore, dyed-in-the-wool... Sorry, I presented this the wrong way. Let me go the other way around. Would you rather you spent the first 40 years of your life with a mole, an annoying mole, on your face that doctors say they can't get rid of I don't know why, but it would do something terrible to you. So you're just stuck with this annoying like, mole on your face. Or, first 40 years of your life as a hardcore, dyed-in-the-wool Washington Wizards fan.
1: So, we're talking about like, the last 40 years? Yes. Going back? Yes.
0: Imagine so. you're 40 years old today, and you spent the last 40 years being a fan of the Washington... And not, not like what you say you are, which is like, yeah, I'm a Wizards fan. I watched um, them in November, yeah. I don't even know why you do that, but whatever. This is like you care cuz Bradley Beal usually plays. This is imagine whatever, how whatever. you feel about the Orioles, but it's the Wizards.
1: Hmm. I mean I mean I guess I go with the with the Wizards. I mean cuz that's basically kind of what, you know, what 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 I am now, which is just almost like a non-NBA fan. And I think that's almost like what that is that like, I don't know. I don't know how that would, uh, how that would affect my relationship with the NBA. You know, like what I, would I care, I guess, I guess, like, I don't think I'd care much more than I do now about the NBA. Cause I'd almost just be a non-fan at that point. You know, just the wizard just cause the Wizards have been so irrelevant. I mean, you had, you had the Michael Jordan, uh, the era, the Michael Jordan era. So maybe that's exciting for you. Right. As a Wizards fan. the last four Was years? it? I don't know. Why was it? Cause you had Michael Jordan.
6: He was
0: kind of average. It was... Nothing. They were an eight seed in the playoffs. Like it was I, the same think, as it uh, ever was. I guess I'll the go. most exciting thing you ever had was Paul Pierce banking in his shot once in the playoffs. There you go. See? That's the most exciting feeling. And that's th- the most but, alive you ever felt in your in your entire forty years. And that
1: I think that point right there, that's with those twenty fourteen playoffs, is enough to make uh you know make that better than having a mole on your face. Is it? Yeah. All of yeah. the
0: times you've been utterly miserable, you think weight uh, is outweighed by one playoff series win?
1: Yeah, because you got. I, what a is mole? wrong
0: with you? You have a mole on your face. It stinks. I agree with that. But at least well, you don't for, have to go forever? with The, the for your misery life? for forty years. After forty years, I don't know so what happens. Just, just forty years, they might be able to get rid of that mole.
1: So, and again, that's just a mite?
0: I don't know. I'm not giving you that. I'm only giving you is forty years. You it's know nothing it's after the same forty. Same thought with the Wizards. Your boy. They might be good your this boy year. Sean's trying to be like. Well, what happens after that? No, no, no. <laughs> you don't get to know that. You only get to know the scenario that you have in front of you.
1: Yes, yeah, so what, after the 40 years, the Wizards are good
0: now? I'm not giving you anything. <laughs> Stop trying to project. You get nothing. All you know. I'm going to be
1: a Wizards fan because I don't want to have a mole in my face.
0: I don't want to be a Wizards fan. All right, well. I. I it's hell. I, if, if, Imagine caring. That, like This is the easy part. Like I, I joke about this. There are no Wizards fans, so no one has to be bothered by any of this. They don't exist. They're not real. Exactly. It's a, they're faulty, imaginary, it's a flawed question. They're imaginary people. No one has to worry about what the hell must be like of being a Wizards fan for forty years, because there are no such things as forty-year Wizards. Does that, fans. Mean does that mean I lived in DC? I think too? at some point you just have a mole. You're like, yeah, I got a mole. What of it? That's the way it goes. We, like, what's the size of this mole? Is it's like most moles you're talking about, you, what you're thinking of, is I'm like a, a hideous, tumor. You're thinking of a yeah, tumor. Yeah, really. I'm talking about a mole. Like it's annoying. Oh, okay. It's it's it's. You hate it, it, like protrude. Or I like had a when I was a kid. I had a. I don't know if it was a mole or if there was another name for it. Right next to my nose, I had mm. one right there. Oh, like like right yeah. in like the little and crease. It, and I like hated one. it so much. And I remember like my aunt had one, and so like my family would always try to like make me feel better about my mole because they'd be like, "Look, your 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 aunt has a mole too," and I'd be like, "I'm sure that makes me feel better about this. I'm sure. I I I, I guess I'm I'm,
1: like and I guess I'm misinterpreting the question, kind of. You because know? you're
0: talking about a tumor. <laughs> I'm I don't, not giving I don't want you that. I I'm not giving that. you a tumor. I'm talking about a mole. <laughs>
1: that's right. why I was having trouble because you're like, I'm gonna, I'm going to put a no, tumor. In everybody's your
0: body. gonna notice it. Like that's the that's the reality of it. What was the Austin Powers movie where there was like yeah, mole, you still, mole, 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 mole? Like it's it's. You could still kind of hide
1: being a Wizards fan.
0: You could from other people, but you would have to deal with the shame that you feel. On a day-to-day basis of caring so deeply about such an awful, you know, money laundering scam of a basketball franchise. I'll be a wizard fan. You're so sad.
1: <laughs> I don't want a mole in my face. So Even so though I probably sad. have one. I mean like I mean, I don't know if you got a mole.
0: I mean, I don't see a mole. Some yeah, moles got, like, you know, sometimes people like find moles and endearing. I'm talking yeah. about a mole that would be like annoying and enlarged yeah. and like, it, it wouldn't be... There'd be nothing cute Does about it. Does it make it hard to shave, too? And like, oh, yeah, definitely oh becomes an yeah, issue okay. when you're shaving. Fan.
1: It's, I, har- it's I, hard to shave as a yeah, Wizards
0: fan. I <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to breathe as a <laughs> Wizards fan. Again, you would have to care... You have to constantly be kicked in the nads over and over and over and over and over again,
1: and that's going to make it so much sweeter in year forty-one.
0: It's not going to be a year forty-one. Stop convincing yourself. <laughs> you said we don't gonna, know what happens. We don't, except we've been a Wizards fan for forty years, so we do know what happened.
1: <laughs> My God, never know. Maybe they, maybe they, you know, they make a trade no, this year. No, they don't. No, they don't. Next year they make the trade. Uh,
0: yeah. They're probably gonna just end up outright releasing Chris Paul. Like they're talking about trading. I think you're him. right. I think they're you're just right gonna end that. up releasing him. They're gonna get nothing. The, the, they're gonna nothing win. from nothing means nothing.
1: They're probably gonna win somewhere between 15 and 20 games. Oh, they're
0: gonna win just enough games to not I get swear the number to God, one if pick. If they do that again, or it's gonna be the Kwame Brown. Like they're gonna get the number one pick, and it's gonna It'd be Greg Oden. I, I saw somewhere on. I, it's so funny that the handful of you that actually pretend to care about the Wizards. And you don't actually even care about the Wizards. You just want to like, feel like you're part of it during basketball season. You exactly. don't have anybody else to I don't to know embrace. why. There's,
1: what, is there anything wrong with that?
0: Yeah, and find a team. <laughs> like, what team? Na-
1: anyone. There's no one around.
0: Th- there's, they're not around either.
1: They're the closest one.
0: You, how far away are you? Like an hour. You're not, I've been through this math before. You're not that closer to the Wizards than you are to the 76ers. Well, I'm not going to be a Sixers fan. Because, because it's Philly. What does that have to do with anything?
1: Because I don't, I don't want to be a Philly sports fan.
0: You don't of have anything. to be a Philly sports fan. You just said I could be a Sixers fan. That's I don't not a be Philly a... sports fan. That's being a Seventy Sixers fan. Yeah, I don't want to be. I root for like, the Suns. So that doesn't mean I root for the Cardinals. For yeah, God's I get sakes, I would never do that. But you still had a, you know, a connection out there. I respect myself. The who i had a connection well yes i had a connection to the sons yeah. yes 100 percent. that's why i chose them i don't know why anybody around here would be a fan of any basketball team versus just being a fan what i did just pick a player and root for that player capital city go-go
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's the same thing <laughs> how would that be any different <laughs> I, 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 you could be a fan of the wilmington whatever they're called the delaware 48ers why, why am i a terps that? fan i guess you know because it's the maryland i don't know if it, sa- it says maryland they have the Maryland flag. That's the state you live in. You pay your taxes there. Have you heard of that? Yeah. What association do you have with Washington? Close by. No. What
1: what how is it not close by?
0: It's it's close-ish by. <laughs> like it's closer than New York. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. that's true. It's closer than New York. So should I just throw all
1: the 30 NBA teams in a hat and then I'm...
0: I I swear to god it's about the same as being what in What if Wizards, I pick the man. Wizards? <laughs> I mean then you have terrible luck. God, you are the unluckiest sack of ass that has ever lived. Imagine So you're going like, with the mole? Yeah, and being a. a why, why would I wish that upon myself? Why would I wish upon myself so you can, being a, 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 a you can hard enjoy core the good band. moments. What good moment? Paul Pierce? That, even back. that good moment you knew was a fluke. Died. you Call had no back. reason to believe. Like When the Orioles did that in 2014, you had reason to believe they could win the World Series. There was reason to think that they could build to a championship. At no point in your life, as a Wizards fan, have you thought to yourself, you know, they've got the trappings of a team that could win a championship. Never. It's never happened. In my life as an Orioles fan, well, technically they won a World Series when I was one month old. But Congratulations. Yeah, correct. I was a big part of it. Um have seen n- three championships in your life? 96-97. We absolutely believe those teams are capable of winning World Series. In that teens run, you believe that the Orioles are capable of winning a World Series. Right now, you can see the path of the Orioles winning a World Series. In no point in your life, if you had cared about the Wizards, did you ever think there was something brewing that could move towards a championship? Ever.
1: Ever. Maybe Michael Jordan had something left? No! Never did you
0: think that. At Glenn Clark Radio. When they drafted Rui Yachimura. Yes, that was going to be the the moment. Everything was going to change. Get your responses in at Glenn Clark Radio or Facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. Someone will win a a shirt of their choice from Birdland Sports just for participating in Would You Rather Wednesday. Speaking of those 83 Orioles, we will continue our celebration of the 40th anniversary of the 83 World Series (laughs) team. One of the most important parts of that team, Mike Boddicker, is going to join us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio.
1: The latest edition of PressBox is available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsberg remembers Goose, as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation, and you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 royal farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
6: The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
0: Your summer destination is closer than you think at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, with an expansive gaming floor and incredible dining options ready for you to explore. Your adventure awaits. Dine at the new Koho Korean Barbecue House coming in July, or on the patio at the Prime Rib. Enjoy the summertime breeze at Orchid Smoking Patio. Limited time packages starting at two hundred twenty-nine dollars. What are you waiting for? Book now at Arundel Mills. Must be twenty-one. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call one. 800 gambler
5: Costas Inn has been serving up delicious steamed crabs for over 50 years. Lately, the crabs you want to eat when the weather warms up have gotten harder and harder to get. So get your crab eating game plan in place. Make sure to stick this number on your fridge, 410-477-1975. Call ahead and reserve the size crabs you want. You may be able to walk in, but you may also be disappointed at the size or maybe even get shut out altogether. So call ahead, have a plan, and then arrive on your crab eating vacation. Costas also has delicious crab soup and crab cakes The Costas Inn at 4100 North Point Boulevard For more than 50 years they've been satisfying crab lovers in and around Baltimore Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4 Available in
4: hybrid or gas only models A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer
3: today Check out PressBoxOnline.com every day to find daily winners and betting advice from Jeremy Kahn. And if you want some advice about life decisions that you probably shouldn't make, here's Glenn Clark. All right, back in here on GCR into hour number two
0: of today's program. Today's show also brought to you by uh, the print issue of PressBox, which is available right now. Go get it at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of those hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, PressBoxOnline.com. Of course, a really nice issue celebrating uh, the legacy of Tony Saragusa. It's available right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms. It is. uh, We started this kind of organically a couple weeks ago, and we're going to be celebrating throughout the season the 40th anniversary of the 1983 World Series champion Baltimore Orioles. The Orioles, of course, hosting an event in August where everybody's going to be coming back, and we're looking forward to that But we wanted to catch up with uh, some of those guys and reflect 40 years later. And our next guest is one of the most important reasons why the Orioles won their most recent World Series title. He was a young pitcher, and he had an unbelievable 1983 season, uh, which led into the playoffs where he was utterly dominant. It is a pleasure to welcome back into the program Mike Boddicker, who is with us now here on GCR. Mike, it's Glenn in Baltimore. It's great to catch up. Thank you so much for taking the time for us this morning.
2: Not a problem. My pleasure, Glenn.
0: Mike, um, can you just kind of take me back to before the 83 season? Did you have a feeling in your development that you were ready, that when you got the opportunity, that you were going to be ready to step up and, and make big time? I don't know if we could talk about World Series yet, but that you were ready to have a strong season in the starting rotation.
2: Yeah, I'd uh, one more year in Rochester, and I was going to run for mayor there. So, yeah, I'd, I'd spent enough time in, in in the minor minor leagues and had some pretty good seasons. So, yeah, the only problem was, I'm I'm, I'm as you're looking up at the uh, Orioles' uh, pitching staff, you got how many Cy Young Award winners and twenty game winners, and mm-hmm. you're going, uh, you know, there really isn't a whole lot of room for me up there. And, uh, that, that was the issue. It wasn't that I didn't feel like I was ready or put my time in and stuff like that. It's just, you know, when you get Palmer and McGregor and Flanagan and Stone and all those guys that were, were there before, you know, it's like, That that's a, even the bullpen. I mean, uh, Sammy Stewart was fabulous and Mm -hmm. and Dave Ford and Tim Stoddard, that, that, that group and Tippy. yeah. You know, now they got 15 guys in the bullpen. We had like four and they were all dominant, you know. But, you know, we baseball's changed. We used to go, yep. if you didn't go seven innings, it was kind of an embarrassment, yep. you know? No question. So, so, so Mike. It's, it's different, different game. I,
0: I talk to guys uh, all the time who like show up somewhere and they're like, dude, I had no idea when I got there that I had a chance to win a championship. I, I would assume that coming up in the Baltimore system at that time. You know, they were just coming off a World Series appearance in 79 that that you might have even expected that being a part of this franchise, there was going to be an opportunity to do it, maybe even an obligation to try to keep up to the championship standard that the Orioles had set.
2: Well, the issue was, uh, and I was called up in 82, mm-hmm. and we we played Milwaukee down to the yep. last game of the season uh, to... to Make the playoffs, and I mean, we won a lot of games, and yeah, you expected to win with with our staff and what we put out there with Murray and Ripken and Singleton and Loenstein and Renicky and that group. Yeah, and, you know, it was uh, you knew you were going to win games, uh-huh. and I, I was just lucky enough to be on that staff uh, in '83, uh, and, and it wasn't. I was. I didn't start the year there. I mean, I. Basically, Hank Peters told me, don't don't give away your apartment in Rochester wow. because as soon as Palmer's better, you're going back down. And, you know, my dad told me when I was younger, he says, you know what? All you can ask for is the truth. You might not like it, but there's nothing better than the truth. And Hank Peters was always truthful with me. I loved Hank. And that's all I, that's all you can ask for.
0: Mike, did, did hearing that maybe light a, a little bit of a fire under you to, to
2: perform the way that you did?
0: Uh, like at that point? To, to... Uh, no, not, not
2: really. I understood. I mean, I, I understood where I was at, what organization I was with, what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to be there to help and hopefully in the next year or so have the opportunity to crack the staff. I, you know, I wasn't expecting to that year. I was, it was, just a matter of Palmer was hurt, and then Flannery was hurt, and then Tippy had an appendectomy, and the next thing you know, I'd won 16 games, and I wasn't going anywhere. <laughs> so it was just one of those one of those things that happened. You know, you get the opportunity, you got to perform. So, and, and uh, the guys the guys played well when I pitched and scored the runs, and next thing you know, I had some wins under my belt.
0: He is Mike Boddicker. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Mike, one of the the things that I'm constantly reminded about the 83 team was two separate seven-game losing streaks. And, mm-hmm. you know, this day in baseball, in the, in the era of social media, a, a city would burn. Like, when, when teams go through, it's how did you guys manage to keep things together when you dealt with adversity? Because I, I think a lot of people talk about, hey, it's a long baseball season. These things happen. But that's a pretty extreme thing to have happen for a World Series championship team.
2: Uh, you know, here, here's what I, you got to get yourself in a position to be there at the end. And whoever's hottest at the end is probably going to win the World Series. And that's where we were at. You know, it, it is a long season. And you go, Ed, there's some peaks and valleys in there. Uh, our guys never got down, even, even after you know, we lost the first game of the playoffs. Come into the clubhouse. Everybody's fine. Hey, we're all right. No big deal. You know, laughing, talking. Same thing with the game one of the World Series. Scotty pitched great on both those games, McGregor. Yep. I mean, he lost two to one, by, I think, both of them, the playoffs and the series. And basically, all that wanted to do is pitch as well as Scotty did, and I did my job. That's all you can do is do your job. And McGregor was fabulous. I was so happy to see him win, win the uh, final game of the series and get the accolades he deserved.
0: Uh, can we go back to that, though, Mike? You, you get out there for Game 2 of the World Series after you guys have lost Game 1. And the idea of dropping two games at home to start a World Series, if that had happened, everybody would have just said, you know, don't even bother, the series isn't coming back to Baltimore. Like, it, you, you can't climb out of an 0-2 hole when you've lost both games at home. What were you feeling as you took the mound in Game 2 knowing that was what was at stake?
2: That was the least of my worries. It was, it was the media that I wasn't ready for. The influx in of, of the amount of media and, and the coverage. And once I crossed the white line to get to the mound, it was like, oh, relief. This is where I'm supposed to be. This ah. is what I do. I don't have to worry about the other stuff. And I, I knew what I could do. I, I knew my capabilities. And like I said, all I wanted to do was pitch as well as Scotty. If I could hold a team to two runs, the course of a game i've done a pretty good job yep and that's all you can do i mean the starter tries to keep a team in your club in the game as long as you you possibly can as close as you possibly can and then you've done your job as a starter and that's all i was trying to do i wasn't trying to nothing spectacular just pitch
0: Uh, clearly the moment wasn't too big for you that was abundantly clear uh, as you had oh, I was
2: I was so happy to crawl up on that hill <laughs> uh, just to get away from all the other stuff that was going on. It was like, oh,
0: but what okay, is, but what what was the feeling like in those playoffs? like you're you're so young at that point. I know you know, as you point out, you had been in the minors for a few years, but you're still very young to be in front of those crowds and that atmosphere. and like can can you put into words as as someone who hadn't had as much experience, what those feelings were like to pitch in front of? I mean, rabid, rabid atmospheres in those postseason.
2: Yeah, the only, the only thing I can remember is Wild Bill Hagee doing yeah. his, uh, his stuff up there. Uh, I, I really didn't hear the crowd. I really didn't see the crowd. Wow. I had a job to do, and, you know, I, I got Rip it short. I got Murray, Eddie Murray at first. That, you know, that I never had to worry about getting calmed down. I had guys to help me on the field. Then I had Palmer and McGregor and Flanning, I had the guys off the field. But you know my compadres that that you know they they were constantly talking baseball and explaining stuff to me. I was you know how blessed I was to have those guys right. it was yeah, it was it made my career is what it did I, to I, be I, able to be in that situation
0: what what's the best thing you know i and i you mentioned all the guys, but obviously we're talking about Jim Palmer here I mean we're talking about you know one of the greatest pitchers in the history of the sport and a, a man who remains beloved and you know, by the way, is also, over the last 30 years, maybe the greatest color analyst in the history of baseball. He's so Oh, insane.
2: yeah. I, I text him during the games all the time. It's insane.
0: <laughs> I, I, I say this. I, I've been blessed to spend my life having Jim Palmer explain baseball to me, right? Like, I, God, it's, yes. it's, it's, it's unbelievable. And yet there are still times where I'm learning things where he's so insanely good at this that, like, and and somehow he gets better into his 70s, right? He's, like, replay, he's nailed it every time, very casually every time, explains exactly what happened. And I'm like, this is unbelievable. But what is the best thing that you learned from Palmer? What what did he, you know, as you would go on to be an all-star and to have your own outstanding career, what's the best thing that you learned from the time that you spent with Palmer?
2: He treated me like an equal from day one. Now I'm I'm looking at a guy, multiple Cy Young Award winner, multiple 20 game winner, one of the best pitchers in baseball. He treated me like, hey, you're part you're part of this. You're you're, you're. It, it was great. I the one thing I remember besides him being so generous and and nice to a young kid was I remember a game in Detroit, and it might have been I can't remember what year it was. It might've been 83. It might've been 82. I, I don't remember, but I had the, might've had the best stuff I've ever had in my life. I had it in the bullpen. I took it out to the mound with me. I didn't la I think I lasted two and a third innings hmm. and I was just dumbfounded. I came walking into the dugout after I got taken out and Palmer come over and he sat down next to me. Sat there for a second, he goes, You had great stuff today, didn't you? And I went, Yes, I did. He goes, Yeah, but you threw all the wrong pitches to all the right people. Mm. He says, You weren't thinking, you were just throwing. And I went, Oh my gosh. He, he nailed it, hit hit the nail right on the head, you know?
0: Mm. Uh, I mean so I, boy, it, it worked out, obviously. I, I advice. Heeding that advice yeah.
2: went a long way. Quit quit worrying quit relying on your stuff and relying rely on your brain. You know? Use use your head when you pitch. There's times when you have to go get a strikeout, you go get it. There's times when you need a ground ball, you go try to get it. Use your head. I was wondering
0: if you could walk me through. You, you got you talked about how the eighty two season ended. The the other the change in eighty three is Joe out the bellies there. And and clearly you knew Joe, right? Like I he's not a figure that 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 is a significant figure in Baltimore Orioles history because, of course, he was in the shadow of the legendary Earl Weaver. Yep. What what did Came Joe? Right after what what did Joe bring? What what? How did he play a role in you guys winning that World Series in '83?
2: Alto, I've known Alto forever. Uh, you know the minor leagues and stuff like that. Um, just. There was a group of guys, Joe Morgan from the Red Sox and, you know, the guys in the minor leagues for a long time. Uh, So everybody basically had Joe somewhere along the line. So it was a comfortable transition with him. And he, he let the guys understand, this is what your job is. This is what I expect of you. And it got to the point where guys would jump up off the bench to pinch hit before he even yelled at them. They knew when their time was it was amazing you know it was you know uh, jimmy dwyer and benny ayalan and, and that, those guys they knew when their time was up when they were supposed to be called on and joe would look up and they were already grabbing a bet, grabbing a helmet you know hmm. he, he it, it was a calm, calming effect and he let the guys do what they were really good at so
0: who's the who's the guy that doesn't get enough credit you know, who's the guy, Mike, that you look at and you say, I, I feel like this story was more significant to us winning the World Series than history has remembered it being?
2: Gary Reneke. Yeah. Gary Reneke helped us get through the playoffs. We would never been there without him. Hmm. You should. matter of fact, I won, I, I won the MVP of the playoffs. I sh, it should have been Reneke.
0: Wow. It really should have been. Wow. Um. I, look, and somebody who's thought of as sort of like a—I don't know what—you know—he was a platoon guy,
2: platoon, right? But platoon. But not familiar with Lowenstein. Yes.
0: Yep. Yep. Correct. But
2: without 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 yeah. Rhino doing what he did in the playoffs, there was no possible way that we go to the World Series.
0: Mike, what has it meant to you? you know, like at, the, at that point in your career, I, I, Rip has talked about this a lot, right? Like At that point in your career, I, I'm going to guess that you assumed that you were going to win 100 of these things, right? Like, uh,
2: well, I thought I'd win at least one more.
0: <laughs> <right>? <laughs> like, yeah. like that's, yeah. you, when you win one that early, like you're like, oh, my God, this is all I'm going to ever do. How has time maybe changed the way that you reflect on that and how special it was and how important it was to you in your
2: life? Uh, it, it, it's fun to look back on, but that didn't define who I was or who I was as a pitcher. What I really, really appreciate now are the guys I played with my teammates, uh, Jimmy Tyler, Freddie Tyler, Richie Mm. Bensell, Ralph Salvon. I mean, those, those are the guys you don't ever hear about clubhouse guys, you know, trainers and and, uh, traveling secretary, Phil itself. Uh, those are the guys who, yeah, I miss, you know, Cause I, I, you know, I still get together with Eddie Murray and I talk to different ones here and there, but it's, it's not, you miss the guys, you know, they were family. I, 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 you know, that's it's, why, that's why August is going to be so much fun. Right. Get, get some guys there, you know.
0: Hey, by the way, but some of those guys that you bring up, of course, were legendary figures. You know, the Tylers, Richie Bansells, like these were. Oh, are yeah. Baltimore baseball. These are, even if they didn't play a game, they're legendary figures in the history of Baltimore they, baseball.
2: Well, they meant so much to our team. Yeah. Uh, it's, uh, they're, you it, know, that's that's what you have to understand. They were there every day helping us out, uh, whether it be medical or stuff we needed in the clubhouse or taking care of everything. It's, it, those guys were so important. Mike, you, you min- the process.
0: You mentioned a minute ago you, you're texting Jim. Like I, I know you're back in the Midwest. Are Are you trying to to stay in touch and paying attention to what the Orioles oh, are doing?
2: I well, I, yeah. I I watch them. I watch games on TV all the time. The They're 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 pretty damn good. They're really, but they're good. fun to watch. You know, yeah. It's it's fun to see them compete and in, in in what they do. I mean, they're. they're it's fun to watch the os man do,
0: do you see a sense of something like the the way that this team has come up and guys coming up together and you know like do you see anything that kind of reminds you of that core group of guys that you know you guys had put together
2: no they they have they have the talent, no doubt about it, but they what I see is they like each other, yeah. they have fun with each other, yeah, they enjoy playing the game with each other. That means an awful lot. It really does. So,
0: I, it's so funny you bring that up because I feel like it, you know Brandon Hyde isn't getting a ton of credit, uh, the manager right now, just because. Well, right. I don't know why. I don't know why it is that he's not getting a ton of
2: credit. because ah, he looks old and grumpy with his half my, half beard. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know. But <laughs> I, I, you know, it's. But, but he, he he lets him play, man. Yeah, he, I, that's got to matter,
0: right? The good cult, job. It feels like he has to be at least part that culture that you just brought up with this current team Mike I think we all see it the amount of fun they're having the joy that like a Kyle Gibson who's been in baseball forever raves about the experience that he's having right now in Baltimore I feel like whatever the Xs and Os things whatever you think about the lineups he's putting out there every day or you know pinch hitting decisions you've got to give a manager a heck of a lot of credit for the culture that is very evident of winning and having fun and wanting to be here that exists in Baltimore at the moment.
2: It's... Yeah. You hit the nail on the head. Having fun. When did baseball quit being fun? It's supposed to be fun. We're playing a little kid's game, man. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be fun. And fans can tell when you're having fun. You know, it's, <laughs> that's the one thing that is slipping away from the game. You see these guys and they're on the, they're, 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 it's almost like you are overthinking they're over they're over worrying about everything go out and play the game you're good at it. Uh,
0: it it's it's fun for us It it permeates it it translates right the way that and you know what it's like when baltimore is in love with a baseball team like you oh man it, it yeah. is a, it is a special time it's a special th- like i know that people associate baltimore with football too but at its core baltimore is very much a baseball town and and right now we're feeling those romantic feelings, and you know what that's like in this city when there is a love affair between city and baseball team.
2: Yes, yes. And, uh, you know, I, it's been way too long since the always have won a World Series. It's time to get after it. You know, I, and I kept telling the guys, you know, the diff, different pitchers, Mussina and different ones, I said, you know what, guys? somebody win 20 games because <laughs> I'm the last guy and you guys are a lot better than I was. I mean, oh, come man. on. Oh. And now with the game, the way it is, I don't know if it's ever going to happen. Yeah,
0: I don't know. I don't think there ever will be. I think you're right about that. I think you might end up literally keeping that, uh, eternally that you might have been the final 20. I'm ahead. sitting there
2: and and I watch Mike Lucina pitch for years. I'm yeah. sitting there going, my God, this gets good. Yeah. I mean, he should be, he, you know, I, 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 th- I thought that young man would win 20 games multiple times.
0: Well, I mean, there was a lot it of dumb, a dumb, bad luck involved in, my, in Moose's career, right? Like the dumb, bad luck yeah, of, of missing out on a World Series, of missing out, of taking forever yep. to finally win 20 games. And Knights that he should have had no hitters or perfect games that had just ended in the 8th or 9th inning. There was a lot of there, dumb there bad was luck.
2: Some, uh, you, yeah, if you watch that guy pitch, you're going, man, he, he fits right in with the Oriole greats. No man. question. So, no question. Yep. Mike
0: Boddicker, what are you up to these days?
2: Oh, right now I'm over uh, at a friend's place. I opened up the house so they can get the exterminator in here, and, and then I'm heading over to visit some friends uh, about four or five blocks away that I know, and then I'm back to hopefully watching grandkids. I like watching my grandkids. It's not a bad we way. We do it a lot. But not a bad way. No, we've got, do- we got a dozen of them, and they all wow. live within three miles of me.
0: Oh, that's great. Oh, it's, that's so cool. And <laughs> I, I, by the way, I, as someone who – appreciates the fact that I've got, uh, you know, I've got four parents, mine and my wife's that take care of our grandkids. I get bet day is a blessing for your kids.
2: Oh, it to, is a blessing. Yes. Yeah. I've uh-huh. It's, uh, yeah, it's, it's good. Yeah. Uh, everybody needs a little quality time, uh, free. And, uh, you know, we, I, it's funny because we, we spent most of my career in the East coast out there and we really didn't have any family or any, you know, we, we were kind of on our own. So Yeah. It's,
0: that's wonderful it's wonderful that you get yeah that it, it's fun um mike Boddicker, we can't wait to see you back here in august it's going to be a very special weekend
2: celebrating you guys it should be fun it should be fun i hope the o's keep winning to make it even funner oh something. it could be an electric yeah, we,
0: it could be an awesome you know we talk about those rabid crowds yeah
2: it could be I, I, yeah i want to see it go down into the wire because i think the O's have the right attitude i really do i think that you know they, they, they could easily do it this year with what I've seen with their chemistry and, and stuff like that. So that's, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. That'd, be, that'd really be fun.
0: From your lips to God's ears, my friend. Mike Boddicker, uh, <laughs> a pleasure a pleasure to spend the time with you. Uh, thank you for the thrills and the memories that you gave Orioles fans. And We'll look forward to seeing you back here in Baltimore in a few weeks. All right.
2: Yes, I can't wait. I can't wait. I'm, I'm dying for crabs. Hey, I, uh, that's I, I miss them so bad. We that will oh. happen
0: for sure. We uh, it was that's a Father's Day staple in <laughs> these parts. So we all were enjoying them on Sunday <laughs> night.
2: Oh, you know, my wife was out there visiting. And she goes, ah, we're out for crabs. I'm like, oh, I hate you. I hate you, I hate you. I just want some crabs. I'll tell you know? I'll
0: tell Steck going to make sure he takes you out for crabs while you're in town. <laughs> I
2: tried calling Bill this morning, and he didn't answer. So I don't know.
0: Oh, heck, you know oh, oh, That's we'll get on him about that for sure. Mike, I appreciate you, man. Thank you for spending the time with us. You got it. That's Mike Take Bobby, care, guys. Uh, legendary former Orioles pitcher and obviously. Such a massive part of the Orioles winning the 1983 World Series as he was outstanding throughout the season in those playoffs, winning game two of the World Series. Appreciate him taking the time for us this morning. And, yeah, we're going to try to talk uh, with one of those guys every week between now and the end of the season uh, just to catch up and uh, reminisce on the 83 World Series. Today's show is also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer and buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, continue to get me your responses for Would You Rather Wednesday. We will continue to share them throughout the day. Again, we give you a full day, so if you don't, if you're somebody who listens later on in the day and i think uh our buddy randy morgan uh who writes for drew i think he's a, a listen later on in the day because he started tweeting me yesterday trying to explain the uh, gold cup stuff to me which i appreciate because i am like i'm a fan but i'm i don't really know a whole lot about it he was explaining to me that because of the nation's league and with guys maybe needing to participate because it's more european players than in the past um that's why it's a lesser roster than it typically is for the u.s in the gold cup but he also told me that like the mexico and canada rosters are not at they're not quite as defined b rosters as the u.s roster is which doesn't make me feel great about the u.s's chances in the gold cup but also imagine if they won anyway then you would feel really good right like then you'd feel unbelievably good about it um and he was also trying to explain some of the details of who specifically like was worth watching. I appreciate it. Randy was mm. trying to help me out with that. But if you're someone who listens later on during the day, um then what I would tell you to do is respond anyway. Because you still count. We don't pick a winner until twenty-four hours later. So get in at Glen Clark Radio on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Glen Clark Radio. Even if you don't find the actual even if you're just tweeting me your answer, even if it's not in response. To a Would You Rather Wednesday? Because you can't find them because we also tweet out quotes. That's fine. Just tweet an, an answer and you're in. Simple as that. Again, at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter, facebook.com slash Glenn Clark Radio. We'll head out to Sandia. Are you serious? We
1: had a time zone, bit of a miscommunication there.
0: So that's not happening? That is correct. All right. We got to lock things up. Yeah. We got to, we got to, this is a bad, we've had a bad stretch of late. Um, the only okay thing is that I wanted to wrap up the 12 today anyway because but that's yeah. that's disappointing that's very disappointing and we gotta we gotta tighten up a little bit around these parts we're not going to San Diego we're not talking to Matt Rambo because reasons we'll come back in and I don't know what we'll do but we'll do it next on Glenn Clark Radio
6: The All-America Senior Game, powered by New Balance, will be back at Johns Hopkins Homewood Field on July 29th. The most decorated girls and boys lacrosse players in the country have been invited to play in what is the premier lacrosse event of the year. Every college coach wants their players in this game, and if you dream of being in this game, you start by trying out for one of your regional underclass teams this summer. The best against the best. Get your tickets now at allamericalacrosse.com.
0: The latest edition of PressBox is
1: available now. On the cover, Dave Ginsberg remembers Goose, as he looks back on the impact that late Tony Saragusa had both on and off the field here in Baltimore. Plus, he explains how Goose's kids are working to continue that legacy with the Goose Flights program. Also inside, Todd Karpovich profiles the path Tyler Wells has taken to becoming a star in the Orioles rotation, and you'll find a special summer travel guide with information about events and activities throughout the state. PressBox is available for free at over 500 area locations including 60 Royal Farm stores. And you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the O's, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com.
4: That first sip.
3: If you miss anything on the show, don't forget that you can watch full episodes at youtube.com slash pressbox online, and you can download podcasts on Apple, iTunes, Amazon, and Grindr. Wait, did I say Grindr? I don't think that you would find it on Grindr. Not that I know it's on Grindr or anything, I I swear! Second thought, you know what? I don't care what you think. Here's Glenn. All right, back in
0: here on GCR. Here's what we're going to do, because Griffin tells me there's maybe some small chance that that we could squeeze Matt Rambo in before the show is over. But I, what we're going to do is just in case, we'll knock out Tidbit and Tubular now. And then if it can happen, great. If not, we might just end. Like, we might just end the show, which is fine because we're going to do two and a half hours tomorrow or we did it yesterday or whatever. We're going to still give you plenty of show for the week. And I know you guys want to watch um, the uh, the baseball game anyway starting at 12. So, you know, that's what it is. So let's just go ahead and do that. We'll knock out Tidbit. We'll knock out Tubular. And then maybe we'll dance and we'll oh, see where okay. we are at yeah. that point. Uh, Tidbit is brought to you today by PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Go to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers right now and get $150 in bonus bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet. See this and other great sportsbook offers at PressBoxOnline.com slash offers.
1: So, uh, Ellie De La Cruz and Will Benson, they both uh, hit their first and uh, hit their first and second home runs in the same game. So, like, uh, last week, they both hit their first career home runs on the same day in the okay. same game, and then they hit their second career home runs last night in the same game. Well, how about that? Yes. That is the third pair of teammates ever in MLB history to do that, to do that exact thing. Unfortunately, it's not like there's any, like, you know, notable guys on the, on the list, but it's the third time ever. Okay. If it was Rob... Segedin and Andrew Tolls ah. did it for the Dodgers in August okay. of 2016. Okay. And then also uh, Bernie Freiberg and Gabby Hartnett. Who had both had multi? My games. next guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah so, so I thought yeah. I, I was thinking about making you guess that one. But no, anyways, I yeah.
0: wouldn't have. I would not have come up with that. They
1: also have ten consecutive wins. Uh, so of course the Reds are coming into Baltimore next week since they're the hottest team in baseball. They're,
0: they're twelve and two over the last fourteen since they called up L. A. De La Cruz. Yeah. and it's you know the, the immediate parallel that you make is boy that sounds eerily similar to what happened when the Orioles and I don't think they went twelve and two, but the. The turnaround correlating with the arrival of one player sounds very similar to what we experienced here in Baltimore.
1: Uh, so th- with their 10 consecutive wins, uh, they are tied for the third longest win streak by a team to lose 100 games the previous season. If they win two more, they will tie the 1890 Louisville Colonels for the longest Didn't win
0: streak. Didn't the Orioles have a 10-game win streak last year? Yes. Did they not win 100 games? So they're tied. Or they didn't, did they, didn't, did they not did lose 100 games the previous year? Did no, they, they d- had to.
1: They, yeah, they did. They yeah, definitely did. Right? So That—that's who they're tied with. Okay, they're—they're they're tied with one of the Orioles are one of the teams that had okay. a right. 10 game losing streak right. or winning streak.
0: Excuse right. me. Right. But it ended at 10 for the Orioles, right? They didn't have. Yes, a,
1: yeah, it ended at 10.
0: That's what I thought. Yeah. I thought
1: it was a 10. Yes, game so it ended game. at 10 because I think they went to Tampa, right? And then they—that sounds I think right that's
0: where, where they lost it. That sounds right.
1: Uh, Spencer Strider, he became the second pitcher ever to throw 300 strikeouts in his first 35 career starts.
0: He joins.
1: Who in the world knows?
0: Dwight Gooden. Ah, okay. Dwight Gooden. I mean, it was and a, Spencer it Strider. Was certainly a phenomenon. Ever. There's no question about that.
1: And uh, Clayton Kershaw also picked up his, a, he, his 64th start of seven innings pitched and no runs allowed. Uh, that is now the most in Dodgers history. And it also puts him at an MLB history. Well, it actually puts him a little bit further down in MLB history. But for my cutoff date for the tidbit today, I want to see if you can name the top ten guys with the most starts of seven innings, no runs
0: allowed, Clayton Kershaw
1: will be 11th since 1961.
0: Hang on. Say that again. You were kind of all over the place. Yeah, I know.
1: Since 1961, yeah, that's my cutoff date, so we can have a tighter Just list. Because
0: whatever yeah. you found only counted back to 60. You're well, acting like you did no, the no. research here. <laughs>
1: well, there were some older guys, and I I wanted to include some uh, okay. more some more modern names. Sure. In, in it, I guess. Oh, uh, they're not really not no I guess you know active. <laughs> seven innings pitched, no runs allowed. So Kershaw, well, nobody
0: pitches seven innings anymore.
1: Yeah, well, Kershaw does. He's 64th. Right. He has si- he had 64 games of seven innings, 64 starts. So how many you had to have? Yeah, he is 11th.
0: The, who has the 10 the most, most since 1977 seven inning no runs correct. at seven innings or more mm-hmm. shutout
1: correct palmer jim palmer is number 10 65 games so with kershaw's next start he will tie jim palmer
0: well if he does that yeah. <laughs> you said his next start yeah well yeah his <laughs> I mean, next start of such yeah the next yes. time he does this yes. if he does this again yeah. which is not a guarantee um
1: Nolan Ryan. Ryan. Nolan Ryan is number two on this list. Longevity being a factor there, eighty-nine starts, seven it, innings. Greg Maddox. Greg Maddox is third on this list.
0: Pedro Martinez. Pedro Martinez. It's a that he had a shorter he had career. Just That's outside. not it, again. People forget like when I talk about. I got into this conversation. Where we were trying to go over the who's won four Cy Young awards thing. Yeah. I was like, I people forget that Pedro Martinez's run was, maybe not quite as short as Koufax's, but it was very close to like it was a it was not even a full 10 years of just brilliance and it came and went
1: he's 57 so he's just outside uh, that top 10 Glavin.
0: tom Glavin is
1: not in the top 10 54 it's
0: not good that i only got 3 before i started struggling that's not good randy johnson
1: randy johnson is on this list 73 starts of 7 innings of scoreless ball steve carlton Steve Carlton is on this list, right behind Randy Johnson. He'll be seventh on the list.
0: I'll try, he said 61 was the cutoff. <sighs> Phil Necro? Phil Necro is just outside
1: as well. Son of a bitch. Only 60 starts.
0: Ah, uh, he stinks. Yeah,
1: only 60 starts with seven L- innings. Lo- as well as
0: loser. What a loser. Is 61 was the cutoff for when like their career started? or Yeah, yeah. So Bob Gibson's not on the list. Bob Gibson's not on okay. the list because he was still pitching in sixty one. I just didn't know.
1: Um, Where is Bob Gib- Bob Gibson had fifty six in his career, so he wouldn't have been he it, wouldn't no have matter been what. Let, yeah, okay.
0: Um, and you, you, I, I caught that you accidentally said that none of them were active. Yeah. Oh, I didn't say Clemens. Clemens. Roger Clemens is number
1: one. Ninety one starts, seven innings, yeah. of scoreless baseball. Yeah, that's on me. I
0: should have said that immediately. Uh, Vita Blue. Not Vita Blue. Catfish Hunter.
1: Not Catfish. I
0: actually don't know what year's Catfish Hunter was, so I don't even know. Um, he had 50. Roy Holiday. Not Roy. Not the doc. How about. How about Mike Messina?
1: Not Mike Messina. I think I'm looking for four more, right? Yeah, yeah.
0: I got six. Uh the none of them are
1: I mean, there is a Dodger, but he didn't spend his whole career on the Dodgers, so that's why Kershaw has the most starts for a Dodger. Dodger
0: that didn't spend his whole career with the Dodgers. That actually screwed me up more, so uh, thank you for Art. nothing. Um
1: he spent the back end of his career or actually I guess he finished his career with the Dodgers. But he was jumping around to T- with different teams in the 80s. That doesn't
0: right. help me when you do it that way. Like should it's I just not, give it to you? No, okay, you shouldn't sorry. just give it to Jesus. Uh,
1: Seaver. Seaver is on the list. 74. Star T is top five. I didn't five. say
0: Smoltz. I guess I should say Smoltz. Uh, not I didn't Smoltz. Think, cause I didn't, yeah, He yeah, ended up being a reliever for a while in there. Um... Who have I not said that would make sense here? I'm really just trying to think of the great pitchers is all I'm trying to do Yeah, the, I mean, these shut last... up. Shut up, three. God. <laughs> you can't help yourself. Uh, Jack Morris. Not Jack Morris. Burt
1: Blylevin. Burt Blylevin is on this list. He is right ahead of Jim Palmer. 68 games, 68 starts with seven innings of scoreless baseball. Uh, Gaylord Perry. Gaylord Perry is just outside of the top
0: ten here. Ferguson Jenkins. Ferguson
1: Jenkins also just outside.
0: I'm going to hate it if it is Kurt Schilling. Not Kurt Schilling. How about None of them are active. None of them are active. Uh Juan Marichal? Not Juan Marichal. <sighs> there are two more. Yes.
1: One whose name we say all the time. But not essentially because of his pitching
0: what yeah
1: tommy john tommy john tommy john had so uh, oh, sorry i collected 71 starts he's tied, tied with steve carlton 71 starts of seven innings of scoreless baseball and last on this list he's fourth 79 starts don sutton I, you didn't you
0: just told me
1: yeah were you gonna get it
0: I might have. Who knows? Okay. Or we could have Sorry. worked up to it. You know, it's only 11.38, and oh. This isn't like the days where we're doing Tidbit at 12.30. And I'm like, all right, we just got to move on. <laughs> Although I'm sure people, anybody who's still <laughs> listening at this point is actually probably thinking it's merciful <laughs> that you went ahead and <laughs> announced it because that was dragging on for a little while. Oh, God.
1: So, Don you want to try to guess least, all time? No, so, I don't. Okay. I have no interest. Walter in Johnson
0: that. has the most uh, that all makes, time. That does make yes. some sense. It does make sense. All right, um, God tubular is brought to you today <laughs> by your local Toyota dealer. BuyaToyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma does come in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyaToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. The reason why we're uh, wrapping up early today, of course, is right high noon, and two, because sure. Orioles, Rays, Tyler Wells, and Taj Bradley. Has everybody else been having- Does the Massen 2 thing bother you? That bothers you? I just don't understand it. That's all. I just don't. I don't, like, it doesn't, It it, in no ways actually affects me. The only time in my life that it ever affected me, I've told the story is when I was down in uh, Bethany Beach for a wedding.
1: Mm, And they didn't have- And I was
0: staying at a place, like an Airbnb type of deal, or a rental place, that had Massen, but didn't have Massen 2. And the Orioles are playing a huge game. This would have been 2012 in the playoff race. Mm. They're playing a huge game against, I think, Tampa that went something like 15, 16 innings. True. So I went to a bar to to start watching it, and everything was fine until I found out that Bethany, because it's like the family beach, all the bars roll up at like 10 o'clock. Right. Like, they all close. Like, they were kicking. I was like, excuse me? I'm here to watch the game. Now, in the area where we have cell phones... Not that big of a deal. Although we need to talk about, has the app been struggling for everybody else the way it's been struggling for me recently? Like, the app has stunk in the last week. It didn't work at all one day over the weekend. Like, didn't, or Friday, I think it was, Friday maybe, the app didn't work even a little bit. Like, it just did not work. I fortunately don't use the app. When when the (laughs) app doesn't work, all you do is just go to the website and you watch Mm -hmm. it that way, right? Like, and that, so it's fine. But what the hell is going on with the app? And I would like to know if other people are having the same problem that I'm having because it's very annoying. It's extraordinarily annoying for me.
1: It was cutting out because I was working at the radio station on Saturday, and the game would just, like, cut out. Like at random. Times. No, why were
0: you watching on the app? They have TVs at it. No, no, yeah, yeah it's like
1: no, yeah, the TV, like just no, like well, that's a different conversation table. altogether. I don't know what that's. All Not, about. It was the only mass, like that was the only channel I that it was happening that, to. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I don't know if it's a massing problem. Or... If
0: you happen to live elsewhere, today's game is also on MLB Network as Tyler Wells mm-hmm. faces Taj Bradley, uh, just afternoon. As we would have been talking about tonight, the World Lacrosse Men's World Championships gets underway out in San Diego, USA, Canada, ten o'clock on ESPN two. Lots of uh former Maryland players on the team, not just Matt Rambo, but Michael Earhart, uh, Jesse Bernhardt. Oh god, who else am Towson I? Towson f- players, Zach, Zach Goodrich and Towson. Who else am I forgetting about? I swear to God. I had there's like a like a whole ton of local um, connections on this team, and I can't even think of them for some reason off the top of my head. Uh, Let's see I if, uh, they, oh, Connor Kelly is yes. on that. Matthew Dunn and then Ryan Conrad. Where did Ryan Conrad go to school? He went to um Ah, crap! Because he played at Virginia, of course, but he went. He's from here. He went to Blakefield. He went to Loyola. Mm-hmm. So they are all part of the Team USA roster for the World Championships, which get underway tonight. Uh, the rest of the baseball you can find at GlennClarkRadio.com. Although I guess tonight, if you're not watching, there's no baseball. There's no Orioles to watch. You might watch baseball, so maybe I'll go over it. College uh, Series. Uh, yeah, there is that. MLB Network has uh, Cubs Pirates. Well, that's at 12.30, so you won't watch that. They have the Draft Combine at 3.30, Braves Phillies at 6.30, Dodgers Angels at 9.30. ESPN Plus is Red Sox Twins 740. MLB.tv for Mariners Yankees at 7. Nationals Cardinals at 4 on Masson. And as Griffin pointed out, tonight the College World Series continued. Two more. These are also elimination?
1: It's like... Or these, these are the double elimination Yes, the thing. double elimination. So, so one team could, could be eliminated. They could be
0: eliminated, but if the other team wins, they would yeah, play again. I think
1: to, LSU and Wake Forest. Or no, are, Wake, Wake Forest and uh, Florida. If have they not moved, lost. Yeah, they have not right. lost. So they have
0: not lost. So they can eliminate... But they cannot be eliminated tonight. So Florida TCU at two on ESPN, and then Wake Forest LSU, which was the barn burner from the mm. other day that everybody was talking about. You might just answer so, it. I go you
1: for it. Go um, so if you're if you haven't canceled your Paramount, this Plus. is Glenn.
0: Oh, huh? Oh, uh, okay. So it's oh, hell imp- yeah! An important one. They want to give me some home security. You can always use that. that. Yeah. You can always use a little home security. <gasps> Uh, is there anything else sports-wise? Hang on a second. Uh, Vegas, Aces, Phoenix, and Mercury at three thirty, uh, on NBA TV and TBS for AEW Dynamite at eight. Some non- go ahead with the nuns. Uh, so, if stuff. you
1: haven't, uh, if you haven't canceled your Paramount Plus subscriptions yet, like you were watching uh, the US I game, I
0: forgot to do that, and I need to. I thank you for the reminder.
1: Okay, okay you are welcome. Well, if you want to wait, with the Penguins of Madagascar, which was one of my favorite shows as a kid, is out on Paramount Plus today.
0: I thought that was like a movie.
1: No, they they did a TV show, like a spinoff TV show on like Nickelodeon, oh. and I loved it as a kid. And that's so they, coming they're to, putting it on. Yeah, they're putting it on Paramount. That's Plus, what Finals. you
0: decided to put in Tubular.
1: Well, I just wanted to mention it since uh, since we there, there there's uh, other things. Why well, let off with it? I have t-
0: I have more important.
4: Things. Sure,
1: sure. Master Chef, of course, tonight. That is important. Always Sunny new episode. That's also important. Uh, Breakpoint part
0: two. Master Chef on is Netflix. on Fox. Always Sunny is on FXX, yes. Or yes. FX. Yes, and it'll also
1: be available on Hulu. We'll,
0: well, I understand that, but the idea is to. This is coming up tonight. If you want to watch it, here's mm-hmm. where you can watch it. Type of bit that we do
1: on well, Netflix, Breakpoint Part Two, as they oh the tennis yes, yes. The tennis uh-huh. drive to survive. Uh, they're they're gonna look at. Did you uh, see the uh, trailer for the
0: Zendaya movie that was making around yesterday? Didn't, I didn't want to watch it because it's gonna upset me. <sighs> oh, because well, you're obsessed with Zendaya. Yeah. Well, why would it upset you? The fact that she's having sex with other gentlemen. Exactly. That they're not. You thanks know. For, thanks for bringing it up. Isn't she with Tom Holland? Yeah. No. I feel bad for him too. Why does you feel bad for him?
1: Well, because he also had to watch this. show well, I mean, probably.
0: for God's sakes, I'm pretty sure, being an actor, that he understands how this all works. Challengers is the name of the movie. Um, where she's like having a threesome with two other yeah. tennis players. I'm oh, wait, I'm, they're tennis players. That was I the... think they're all supposed to be. Is te- or is she just a tennis player? And
1: I I I. Frankly, I thought they were all tennis
0: players. I didn't. I didn't really. I didn't really. You can find out. I I got a weird like. I got to be honest with you. The Zendaya thing is a very weird bit to me because, the only like the only knowledge i had of her she was a tennis player in the movie but well, she was for sure but were the other the, the gentlemen also tennis players mm-hmm. i what knew she mean? was yeah she, they are actually yeah yeah that's what i thought she was doing like grunt noises as she was playing and everybody was making a big deal about it on the internet um i'm saying that like the zendaya thing was she was jacoby jones or she was on the same season of dancing with the stars as jacoby jones and weirdly like she ended up coming to baltimore and hanging out a couple of times and I believe she, all she was at the time was, like, a Disney Channel person. Like, I don't know what...
1: Yeah, she was on Shake It Up. If you say so. Along with so. Bella Thorne. Yeah, I'm not familiar with any of these things. This but, is, like, my... This uh, is my shot.
0: She was on Dancing with the Stars, and she would be, like, like on, on social media hanging out with Jacoby Jones. And so, I, like, she literally showed up at, like, the Ravens practice facility wow. one time. And, like, it was a whole thing. But she was a child. She was a child. Yeah, and back so, in 2012, yes. it's a weird <laughs> she... bit for me... Because that was all I knew of Zendaya until she started popping up. And even in, like, the first Spider-Man movie, I'm pretty sure they were still pretty young. Yeah. And so, like... Yeah, they were still, because
1: they're, like, my age. I think. The
0: idea like, of Zendaya sex symbol is kind of uncomfortable for me. Because I didn't... It's one thing, like, Topanga, who I grew up with, very comfortable with the idea of Topanga being a sex symbol, because, like... We were learning about ourselves. So I guess like,
1: Zendaya is my Topanga.
0: I, maybe. Like, that might be the case. If you watched the show, I don't know if you were, like, Boy Meets World, I watched obsessively. Mm. But, like, it's just weird to me, the thought of Zendaya, who I still, like, see so kind of as a child. As yeah. The child. Yeah, that makes sense. Being a sex symbol. Like, that's still a, kind it's of a like weird the, It's like
1: the, the dance moms dancers are, like, all now. I don't. Turning, like, I, or, I never or, see this doesn't because I don't know anything of them. I okay. could not name to well, you. You're fortunate.
0: I could not name to you one dance mom person ever. I don't know. Abby Lee Dance Company doesn't mean. Doesn't a thing. Was that Honey Boo Boo? Where no, was,
1: no, that was some other. That was some other thing. I already some forget, other thing. I already forget what that show was called. But Dance Moms was like. Just the little kids were dancing, and like if, Abby Lee was very, very harsh on if the you, kids. If you, if you, my say sister so. watches it all the time and still does watch if it, this so is that's why
0: not my area.
1: Uh, not. So, Breakpoint Part Two, they're gonna look at like Nick Kyrgios says, you know, his uh, his yes. Wimbledon run last year, yes. um, and then they also looked at uh, looked at uh, help me out with Isla Tomilovitch. Isla yes, exactly yes. that, uh, along with Arena Sabalenka, igor and Francis Tiafoe also has a. They they look into him in his very uh, good in his runs and very well, Secret Invasion. This is the big one. Disney Plus, Secret Invasion series premiere on Disney Plus. This is like the Nick Fury uh, oh. series. Oh, that's what yes. this is. Okay, yes, the right. That is a big deal. Yes, and, uh, and apparently I'm gonna have to watch that. Yeah, you are gonna have to watch it. The scrolls or there's a there, it's a Secret Invasion of scrolls. All right. And uh, Nick Fury has to stop it, so right. very, we'll see him do some badass stuff.
2: Very good.
0: Ooh, they announced the uh, women's World Cup roster today. I'll have to take a look at that when I get a chance. Very good. Thanks today to uh, Mike Boddicker and yeah, we'll get that up in the greatest hits section of the. Oh my god, it's so good! Did I miss anything? Did I forget about? No, not uh, today. But thanks to Mike, Mike Boddicker. Boddicker and uh, Mike Boddicker. By the way, I believe this is back-to-back Wednesdays where we've had one guest. Maybe we institute those four-day weeks. Maybe we start instituting that. I had flirted with that for a little while, and it might be time to go ahead and institute that policy. As it's, uh, it's been a struggle. Tomorrow on the program, we are scheduled to be joined by Lamont Wade, although we were scheduled to be joined by Lamont Wade today, and so who knows? Yeah. He was out of the lineup last night. I think that has something to do with maybe why it was uh-huh. that... Uh, he uh I don't I don't know. I don't know, but uh, Lamont Wade was not able to join us today and that's it all. It all fell apart from there. But hopefully we'll chat with Lamont Wade tomorrow. Anything else? Stuff and things. Really working oh, on a lot. Oh no. Yeah. Oh no. This is bad. Okay. <laughs> if you've ever wanted to appear on Glenn Clark Radio, <laughs> might be your chance. Might be the moment for you. Maybe reach out to Griffin. Eek eek. Thanks to everybody, Pressbox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including Live Casino and Hotel, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Costa Sin, All American Lacrosse, the Baltimore Orioles, Birdland Sports, your local Toyota dealer, biatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin at Griffin underscore bass. Follow us Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Glen Clark Radio. Have a great Wednesday. Go
4: birds. Duke sucks.